Our, our text this morning is from Psalm 137. Hear now the word of God. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. Remember, O Lord, what the Edomites did on the day Jerusalem fell. Tear it down, they cried. Tear it down to its foundations. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to destruction, happy is he who repays you for what you have done to us. He who seizes your infants and dashes them among the rocks. Friends, will you pray with me? O Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our Creator, our Redeemer, and our Sustainer. Amen. Amen. Friends, this is a psalm that I think is very tough to read, tough to understand, and, and sometimes, especially the end there, very tough to explain. But I wanted us to take a couple of minutes and dive into this psalm. Dive into the psalm because in a couple of weeks we'll be... Pentecost will be the birthday of the church, and I think that the psalm will give us a good insight into what it means to be the church today. During the Babylonian exile, during the time when Jerusalem had been destroyed by the Babylonians, the uh, Jews and the Israelites were marched out of Jerusalem, marched out of the Promised Land, marched out of Israel, and into Babylon, into the very territory that that God had, had tried to keep them away from, that they were marched into the very place that they did not want to go. And there it says in verse 1, by the rivers of Babylon, by the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, we sat and we wept when we remembered Zion. We sat and wept when we, when we remembered Jerusalem. And there in the trees we hung our harps, because that is where our captors taunted us. That is where the Babylonians taunted the Israelites and demanded songs of joy, it says in verse 3. Demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. And the Israelites' response, I think, from a, from a place of sadness and anger and a place of desolation and a place of resentment. The Israelites answer in a place of, of a loss of belonging. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, my arm will fall off. If I forget you, Jerusalem, I will never be able to play a harp again. If I forget you, Jerusalem, I may, may my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. May these things happen to me if I ever forget Jerusalem, my highest joy. If I ever forget the promised land, may I lose the ability to sing. 
may I lose the ability to make song. And so I think it's funny in, in two very specific parts of this text this morning. First, the, the Israelites, um, the Babylonians had asked them to sing a song. And basically, the psalms are songs. The, the psalms are hymns that they would sing. And a lot of the, the psalms even exist today in our hymns and in our worship music. But Psalm 137 is this unique psalm about the inability to sing. Again, the psalms were songs. They were, they were ways that we could remember our history. They were the ways that the Israelites would pass down their history and pass down words of praise to God and also pass down words of lament. The lowest point in, in their history, the lowest point in their lives, that they were being marched out of the very land that God had promised them. And in Psalm 137, it's possible that, that they put this to music. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There in the poplars we hung our harps for our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while we're in a foreign land? In their despair and in their torment, in their lament, they sing a song. They sing a song because there was no other way to sing a song. They, they sing a song without their harps and not while making a joyous noise unto, a, unto the Lord, but they sang their song in a way that, that broke their hearts, that broke their very souls. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while we are in a foreign land? I don't know if anyone has actually outright asked me that question over these past couple of months. But I think that's the question that is in our hearts, even if, even if we're not phrasing it exactly that way. How can we worship God if we are in a foreign land? How can we worship God if we are worshiping God at our homes? How can we worship God if we are not in our buildings and in our sanctuaries? How can we sing the songs of the Lord while our souls are breaking? How can we worship God when there are people dying when people have lost the holy ruach, when people have lost the breath and are dying, how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? Now, maybe we don't have tormentors among us. Maybe, maybe our tormentors aren't the Babylonians. Maybe it's the devil. Maybe it's our own internal struggle. Maybe it's the fact that we can't meet together, but but we are singing songs of lament right now. Songs of lament by the fact that we cannot worship together. Songs of lament that, that we, can't, we can't meet with one another, that we can't say goodbye the way we normally would. Songs of lament that, that the world seems upside down and broken. I remember uh, the last time and, and one of the first times I moved out of, out of my home with my mom I packed my, I packed all my belongings. I packed my car. I was leaving that morning. 
It was a warm June morning, kind of like today. My mom was sitting out on the porch as I was finishing and bringing the last items into my car. And I was getting ready to, to get on the road. And my brothers came out, my sister came out, and, and the whole family was sitting on the porch waiting for, for the time when I would leave. And I remember sitting down next to them. I remember sitting in the open chair and, and my mom saying, do you, did you pack everything? Do you have gas? Do you have cash in your pocket? And I remember I knew that I had to say goodbye and, and I've never, I've never been at a loss for words. I've, I've never really experienced a, a, a time when I couldn't explain my feelings, as many of you may know. But I had this, this frog in my throat. I had this pain in my throat. I, I couldn't say words. I couldn't, I couldn't express how much I loved her and how much I was going to miss her. I couldn't express to my siblings how much I enjoyed uh, growing up with them and how much I enjoyed being with them. And, and I didn't even move that far away. I'm, I'm still within a, a, a couple hours drive of my mom, but I knew that everything was going to change. I couldn't sing the songs of the Lord. I couldn't, I couldn't say goodbye in the way that I always knew I, I wanted to. I couldn't tell my mom that I love her. I think that's what we're feeling right now, this, this frog in our throats. We cannot say goodbye. We cannot worship God. We cannot sing our songs of joy while in a foreign land. No, we can't, we can't look at Psalm 137 and ignore the second half of the psalm. I don't want to explain away what is happening. I'm not trying to be um, uh, supersessionist. I'm not trying to, to overlook the, the Jewish uh, diaspora or, or the Jewish dispersion, the Babylonian exile. The verse 7 and verse 8 and verse 9 are some of the hardest verses in our text. In verse 7, remember, O Lord, when the Edomites did on the day that Jerusalem fell, tear it down, they cried. The Edomites were these cousins of the Israelites. They, they lived just a little bit south of Jerusalem. If we remember the story of Jacob and Esau, that the younger brother took the older brother's inheritance, Esau's descendants eventually become the Edomites. They were related to the Israelites, but not exactly Maybe there was a little bit of sibling rivalry headed back, but when the Babylonians came, the Edomites, uh, the Edomites attacked Jerusalem with the Babylonians. The Edomites harbored that anger and, and attacked. And so in verse 7, we're remembering that. And in verse 8 and 9, O daughters of Babylon, doomed to destruction, Happy is the one who repays you for what you have done to us. Happy is he who seizes your infants and dashes them among the rocks. These are, these are awful and, and horrible texts. These are awful and horrible words. And again, I think we have to put ourselves, put ourselves in the place of, uh, of the Israelites, the that the Babylonian soldiers who came and pillaged Jerusalem, who raised it to the ground, they may have bashed children of Israelites against the rocks. Then, in their anger and in their frustration, in their, um, in their, 
immediate recollection of this event, the, the Israelites who are being marched out of their hometown, the Israelites who, who have lost the ability to sing, the Israelites who, who have lost the very, the very uh, necessity of life, the, the Israelites who, who have feared that this is the end of, of the promised people and the promised land, they are speaking from a place of hurt, a place of anger, a place of frustration. As any people who have ever been oppressed and have ever been held down will be able to explain that, that the Israelites were in such a, a harsh and such a negative and such a, an angry place that, that, that they were praying for the destruction of Babylon. And I think sometimes over history we've whitewashed that. I think sometimes in history we've, we've whitewashed the atrocities that we have committed against our fellow humans. And so we could, we could try to explain away verses 8 and 9, but the truth is, from, from this place of desolation, from this place of anger, from this place of we cannot sing the songs of, of God, we cannot sing the songs of Jerusalem, this internal anguish is so deep and so intense that they are happy about the destruction of Babylon, happy about the murder of children and, and and murder of, of innocent people. Yes, Psalm 30, 137 speaks to us today and, and speaks to the brokenness of the world and speaks to the place in which we find ourselves when, when we do not understand how bad our actions are against one another. How can we sing the songs of Jerusalem? How can we sing the songs of the Lord? How can we sing praises to the Lord when we have seen the abomination of humanity? when we have seen true evil, when we have seen true depravity, when we have lumps in our throat, frogs in our throat, that we cannot speak out of anger and frustration and fear. And so the Israelites sing this song of lament, sing this song of mourning, sing this song of the inability to sing. Now, friends, I don't, I don't know when we are coming back. Um, as the government and as, as uh, health officials start to tell us that we can relax our, our social distancing, um, I'm sure that we will start to figure out how we can join together, how we can worship with one another. One of the, um, one of the instructions that I saw that might be coming out soon is that when we come together, we will have to sit far apart. We will have to refrain from shaking hands and from sharing in a common cup. We, we may have to do worship a little bit differently. And we might not be able to sing. We not, might not be able to sing because in its very nature, singing draws breath from deep in the lungs and we sing it loud and we expel it and we project. And, and the, the fear is that we might get one another sick just from our singing that we might get each other sick from singing the songs of Jerusalem, from singing the songs of the Lord. And so what does it mean when we can't sing the songs of God? What does it mean when, when either we are singing the songs in a foreign land or when we are in our land, when we are in our sanctuaries and we cannot sing? What will it look like? Will Will we sit there and, and hum softly to ourselves? Will we sit there and, and remember that, that we have been in this place before, that the people of God have, have been oppressed before, and, 
and not that, <laughs> please understand me, not that what we are going through is oppression, not that what we are going through is anything close to what the Israelites were going through, but that we have been, and if we are instructed not to sing, that, that we have been in this place before as the people of God, and we know that we will be able to sing the songs of the Lord at some point, that we will be able to sing the songs of Jerusalem at some point. But for a little while, we may have to stop. For a little while, we may have to protect one another. For a little while, we may have to say that, that caution is more important than, than the songs of, of the Lord. That, that we do not want any coronavirus, that we don't want any COVID-19 infection to occur because of our, our work, because of our worship activities, because of any Methodist activities. And so maybe for a little while, we will sit with the Israelites and, and lament the loss of, of our worship. We may lament the, the loss of, of our livelihood. We may lament the loss of where we were before. But like, like the Israelites, like the fact that we have this book and that the Psalm 137 was written down in this book, we know that it will not last forever. We know that, that change is, is coming, that change will happen, that, that nothing will look the same, that worship will look differently, that, that um, the way we can interact with one another will look differently. We know this, but we know that there will be a tomorrow, that there will be a day that we can sing the songs of Jerusalem, that there will be a day that we will go back, that there will be a day that we will rebuild the temple. There will be a day that we will go back to Jerusalem. There will be a day that we will go back to our sanctuaries. We are not stuck here forever, except I think it feels like that for some of us. It feels like that for those who are lamenting the loss of Zion. That they hung up their harps never to play them again on the trees. And we know that at, at some point we will pick our harps back up. We will pick our hymnals back up. We will join together and embrace one another, but we will do so when it is safe to do so. We will do so when we, when we can joyously and joyfully, when, when we can come back and sing the songs of the Lord fully and with one voice. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, you, you are with us, Lord. You know our anguish and our struggles. We know that, that compared to history, that, that this is nothing compared to what the people of Israel went through. That our oppression, if you want to call it that, is nothing in relation. That, that we are not being oppressed. That we are actually uh, being kept safe. That we are being kept healthy. That we are being cautious in order to save lives. That even one life is too many, Lord. That that we do not want to risk any life for it is all sacred and it is all valuable that we are all named and claimed by you that you know each and every one of us and that even one life is too much and so lord while we lament while we cannot sing the songs of israel while we cannot sing the songs of the lord be with us in our lament be with us in our struggle be with us in our in our time that we are we are wondering what is next be with us in our in our time of change and in our time of confusion be with us in our time that does not look like the rest lord 
Bless us, Lord, as we go from this place. Bless us as we go and continue to to see what is different, continue to work, and continue to lament. Lord, we pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to our sermon this week. This has been a joint Broadway and Port Colden United Methodist Church process. My name is Pastor Jesse, the pastor of Broadway and Port Colden Churches. We hope you've had a great time listening today. And have a blessed week as you go about your day. Please think about stopping in and joining us one Sunday. We'd be happy to have you. If you have any questions about the churches, about the message, or anything else that you can think of, please reach out to us at info at broadwaynj.org or info at portcoldenumc.org. Thank you and have a great day.